You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. Damn right. Damn Skippy. Damn right. How long has it been since I've been here? It's been about a month and a half since Bull, you've been here bullshit. now. Bullshit. Nah, not that long. Not that long. A couple yeah. weeks. No, it's well, we did the one with just me and Jesse and those two dudes. So it's been about a month. It's been bullshit. about a month. Bullshit. Not as long since the last time I've been here. It's been a while for you. <laughs> I think I've been here since October. Well, uh, I, yeah, Justin's here tonight, yo. hanging out with us. Um, yeah, it's been a while. It hasn't been a month, though, Chris. Why, you're just making that up because you got that stupid grin on your face like you always get when you're like, when you... <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly yeah, when we it have. was. Tell me when it was. Okay, was it? I will. Tell me. If it's that important. Come on. I, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Um, the last one you were here for was the um the zombie one. Okay, well, what was the date on that? And that was November seventeenth. Holy shit, you're right. It's almost been a month. Yeah. Yeah, I told you, man. How how? Because just well, shit happens. Family shit and everything. Family shit. Yeah, there was Life happens. All that stuff. Down. There was a passage so- of time. Well, well, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry I haven't been here in a while, and I apologize. But I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm ha- happy you're back. I'm happy to be here with you, Chris, without your shoes on. You know? <laughs> um, Aha. And your hat on indoors. Mm-hmm. I, I, what? Is, is chivalry completely dead here? <laughs> hey, I'm you're not a woman. Slop. He doesn't have to do shit for you. you. Fucking Am slop? I supposed to be wooing you? Yeah, what, <laughs> what are you slop. talking about? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, got some, I took some ibuprofen before I came here, so I'm a little stoned. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna make, that's my excuse. For Vitamin I, that shit'll get you fucked up, dude. Hell I, yeah. yeah. Well, at least this time of year, these sin- you know the, the weather changes, it dries out, and my sinuses just take a beating, and I get those sinus headaches nonstop. So I just pop a couple of those, and it usually takes the edge, edge off. And you know, I did a, I did a big fat line of coke before I came here too, just to kind of like, dude, I need some coke. Yeah, you just balance <laughs> it out. You, you got to take your uppers with your downs. I did not really do any coke, just for I don't do that shit. That makes me sad. <laughs> so okay, show number thirty-seven. God, yeah, we, dude. God, we are getting old. Oh, did you hear that? I, that actually came that from was, my, well, Now, that probably shit. didn't come through the board, but for you guys listening, Chris's stomach <laughs> actually just had a comment. Yeah. It really wanted to talk. Well, when you said vitamin I, I was actually thinking Imodium. No, not uh, vitamin P. Because I've been having some serious oh, oh, stomach issues oh, like God, bad. Dude. Yeah. Well, do we want to talk about that? No. We just want no. to go through that all night? We, we <laughs> we'll, just want to run through We'll start right with the that. beginning of the week, and we'll work all the way up to today. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, on Monday, I had too much fiber. Too much fiber. <laughs> As a licensed medical practitioner, I'm here to hear about your problems. Excellent. <laughs> all right. Uh, all how's right. Your, so, how's your butthole feeling, Scott? Uh, mine? No, the other Scott. Why are you asking me? <laughs> yeah. Why the hell you want to know about my butthole anyways? Leave me alone. Because clearly there's something wrong with how defensive you're getting. There's nothing wrong. He's the one that has the problems, not me. He's the one that his damn stomach started talking through the microphone. You actually heard that. That was insane. I'm impressed. So episode 37, here we are. Um, As always, Chris is out on the main streets. Out there. Beating motherfuckers down. With shaking them down, bat. shooting bitches, taking care of shit to get the news for us this week. Chris, what do we have? Well, sad news tonight. Alan Thick is dead oh, at 69 I'd... years old. Oh, my when God. Did that happen? Yeah, when did that happen? That Just happened, happened okay, this, afternoon. this afternoon. He, Holy yeah. shit, he really? was playing tennis with his son, oh started vomiting, had a massive heart attack, took him to the hospital, and he was pronounced dead at the scene. 
Jeez. 69 years old. And yeah, that's relatively young. You know, I didn't know this, but he... That's not young. That's old. <laughs> well, I mean, old. 69 right now yeah, is not, not really that, not that old. old. Yeah. But I didn't know this, but he actually wrote like the theme yeah. song for different strokes oh, in really? other TV shows. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. He was a songwriter. I knew he had some sort of musical chops. I yep. didn't know quite yeah. what he worked on, though. Yeah. So that's sad news. Yeah, that's sad. That, that yeah, must have just happened because, I mean, literally. Yeah, it was just breaking as I was taking my notes for tonight's show. Oh, wow. I was reading about this. No well, respect, respect, Alan. Holy crap, that's terrible. I'm sorry to hear that. The beautiful and sexy Megan Good is starring as Foxy Brown in a remake that's coming to Hulu as oh. a series. Well, she's gorgeous. So she is gorgeous. Gets and the job done. Yeah, yeah. I think it might be good. <laughs> I don't really have a reference point from what the original uh, piece was, but. I can tell from Scott that there's something on his mind. What else you got in the news there, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> David Ayer, who made Suicide Squad, is making another movie, Gotham City Sirens. It's going to be about Gotham City Sirens. Mm. <laughs> I don't get yeah. it. Woo! Uh, Chris Evans is getting another franchise. He's going to star in a movie called Jekyll, which is going to be... A retelling of the Doctor and Mr. Hyde <laughs> of story. God, Why not? Dude, I swear to God, every time we do the news, there's never any real news. Every week, it's all remakes. Jim, have you noticed that? That's, That's why what I'm makes money in right Hollywood, now. man. Stop it. It pains me. Oh, it hurts. God. It hurts. All I'm right. We're going to be talking about Rogue One here in Star Wars for most of this episode, but yeah. they're actually estimating that Rogue One is going to open to $300 million globally. <laughs> potentially, <laughs> potentially the biggest box office opening of all time. Where's the roof on this? That's what they're all saying right now. Yeah. Where's the roof on this? <laughs> Disney is going to pillage the fuck out of this as much as they can. Why not? Well, yep. and especially because this is, what, movie two of six they're already planning on yeah. making? Like, Jesus Christ. One yeah. a year for the next 46 yeah. years. <laughs> I mean, that's what Disney does. It's not like people should be surprised considering how that stuff worked out. No, I'm, this I'm isn't not. a surprise at all. But early reviews are glowing. Good. Yeah. The comparisons I've heard have been, this is as good as The Empire Strikes Back, if not the best Star Wars movie of all of the movies that have been released. Well, that so means far. it's going to suck shit. Yeah, that's what that means. It's just going to suck now. When you say that shit, it's all over. That's some yeah, because of expectations. Right yeah, there. yeah, yeah. You're, 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 you're setting the bar way too high, and you're setting. Why did it? Why? You know, that happens for. I, you, it happens in music, it happens in movies all the time. You, you get a great musician or a great director who made an iconic film or album, right? It don't matter who or what it was, but you'll get somebody, and they'll spend the rest of their fucking career. Trying, trying to, to live up, trying to, to live up to that, which is a bummer. You know, what I mean, I mean, I hate to see people go through that. Uh, why can't you just be proud of that part of your life and then go on and move to other things? Instead, you hear them going, "Well, this is just, this is better than that yeah. that you guys all worship. Um, this is even better than that." So everybody goes, "Oh my God, this is gonna be the greatest thing ever!" And they go there and it's a piece of shit, whatever it might be, movie, music, whatever. And it happens all the time. Stop it. Just see the movie, make your own decisions. But that is—I know—I understand that isn't how a hype machine works. A hype machine is going to work based on what we just said. Yeah, it, it, you have to name drop shit to get people interested. I get that, right? But I've never—I can't remember when I was ever not disappointed 
after hearing that kind of, of, of chatter before a film, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I, I, maybe some people are, oh, no, no, it was just like it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's an, I, I, you hear that all the time, and I don't care what kind of art it is. It's the same thing. You're There's always comparisons. Trying to live up to, live up to your great, iconic piece that you did, whatever it might be. Um, we'll see. As far as Rogue One's concerned, we're going to talk a lot more about that tonight, too. But we'll see based on that. Yeah. We'll see. So next up, we got our releases, which obviously Rogue One is out Thursday night. We'll be seeing it tomorrow. So we should have a review up late tomorrow night. Collateral Beauty is opening this week, which I really don't know anything about. I believe Michelle's going to be covering that one. Fences comes out. It's a new film starring Denzel Washington. Andrew will be covering that, so I'll have a review of that one, too. And Manchester by the Sea, which is getting all kinds of Oscar talk. We already have a review up on that one by our new writer, Kyle. It's Collateral Beauty. Let's go back to that for a second. Now, I think that's one. I've seen a couple of previews for that or trailers. I don't know if that's the one that has Will Smith in it. Yeah, I think that's the one. It is. Helen Mirren's in it. Yeah, yeah Helen Mirren. Oh, you know, that looks. Me and my dad were at the theater the other day, and they had a, they played a trailer for that, and I thought, you know, it's a drama, but it actually looked like I don't want to spoil it for anybody, even though it's not even really out. But um, it, it, it looks, looks good. Like, it looks like a very interesting plot. Yeah, the yeah, story looks some, really like, interesting. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as saying surreal, but some kind no. of interesting psychological yeah, elements yeah, in exactly. addition to the drama. And, I think it looks really interesting. And I love Helen Mirren. I've worshipped that woman since you know I was a child. I think she's a, she's a Still, in her age, he's an absolute oh, yeah. knockout woman. I mean, yes. beautiful woman. So, you know, 10 points. I mean, that's something I'm going to probably go see. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, that. no. It's what we're here. We're here to talk. Oh, and we'll fucking move on now. Manchester by the Sea is the last one. So, <laughs> What about that now? Looks great. Manchester by yep. the Sea. I don't know anything about that. It's got Casey Affleck in it. Um, oh, he, okay, yeah. His uh, brother dies, and he is basically left to adopt his oh, nephew. Yeah, so, now that you say that. Yeah. And he really doesn't want to do it, yeah, but yeah. I've not seen the film yet, but I guess it's like really, really good. So, cool. something we've kind of missed out on um, for the past few weeks, we really haven't done our recommended viewing, yeah. and I think it's kind of an important thing to get back to. We should. Um, I've been watching a little bit more Netflix lately, and I did watch The Frontier the other night. How'd you like that? I dug it. It's very old school um definitely wears its influences on its sleeve very david lynch alfred hitchcock kind of mix holy crap and it they actually filmed it to look all the coloration and the clothing and the sets everything looks as if it's from the 70s or 80s wow and everything's very it's really cool yeah it's kind of a crime thriller okay but very it all takes place in a very small space at a little, you know, dusty road motel. Yeah. And it's really, really good. Really good. Not great, but it's definitely a good watch for people that are really into film because you can watch it and you can see all the it's different an art things. Flick. Yeah, it's, it's an exactly. Type of flick. Yeah. And then, Justin, you'll dig this movie. Um, it's called Spectral. Mm, not familiar. It's filmed like a video game in a lot of ways. Right on. It reminds me a lot of Call of Duty, stuff like that. It's very military-based, but they're actually battling an army of specters. Mm. The This force, this unknown 
inhuman force just appears while they're at war or in this battle zone. And literally they're like specters. They can't see them with their normal eye. And these specters will literally just run right through you and kill you. That Um, sounds up my alley. It reminded me a little bit of the darkest hour that was out a few years ago. So it was a really cool flick. I think if you're into video games, if you're into shooters, stuff like that, it's a definite must see. It also stars James Badge Dale, who played Chase Edmonds on 24 Mm -hmm. years ago. And the dude is like a really spectral. Okay. The dude's a star. Like the dude is a great actor. He just doesn't get really good roles. He's always in support roles. Finally here, he gets his first real starring role and he's really good in it so does it do any of that first person stuff like hardcore henry and doom and um i think there's a couple shots of it it's not a lot of it because hardcore henry was hard to watch you know i did not love it like i thought i would i did not love it i got it made me like a couple times i was like i want to get up and walk out because it was too much i got sick actually the first time i watched it (laughs) you said you had one too scott you know what yeah well you mentioned that before the show here and i really really wanted to talk about this one and it's one i just watched a couple days ago and it is on netflix right now it's a documentary from 2014 called the winding stream oh that's right you just turned in a review i just turned in a review on that and i gave it a fucking 10 oh yeah wow yeah um now, I, I will admit, and I even said in my review that will be posted sooner or later here, that I really needed to work hard while I was writing this to remain objective, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, family stuff that you know about happened recently, yep. and um, I will admit that watching this kind of struck that chord with my with my family and my roots, right? But I really try to disassociate that with the actual film itself. However, I was crying like a little bitch the whole way through it. <laughs> I really was. Um, not and not because of the personal stuff, because of the wonderful music. This this documentary was based on the Carter family um, and the actual union also of the Carter family and the Cash family because June Carter actually right. married Johnny Cash. So, you know, June Carter Cash. So this film kind of chronicle chronicles the original cars which was you know ap maybell and um oh my god uh mary no sarah sarah carter who you know ap and sarah were married maybell was the cousin and that was the original power trio right and i don't want to we're going to talk about the whole thing and i'm not going to spoil it by any means either but the film goes through the entire in an hour and a half it covers a lot and Obviously, all of this great music, the Carter family, which really were the band that wrote the template on, you know, old timey roots, Appalachian country music. Right. Which Johnny Cash, of course, and thousands of others have taken. And even the shitty modern country is, you know, has to tip their hat. And then the the new shitty modern country has to tip their hat to anybody has to. I mean, and they, they did say that in the film. They're like, you know, any fucking band has to tip their hat this was the basis of so many different types of music and it's interwoven into all of our you know all the music in our society now basically this and they really didn't get a lot of credit they really didn't uh johnny cash and this was one this was a documentary that really it's been filmed over many years it was they call it like a there's an actual name for it um direct uh you know and i i wrote it down too um, it's a, it's one that just filmed over a long time. Right. That's why when I was watching it, it was 2004, and they're talking to Johnny Cash. I'm like, well, he died in 2003, you know. So did June, so did June Carter Cash, and they're both on there. So 
to watch that also and see these people like Johnny Cash. I mean, we don't even need to talk about that guy. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's Johnny Cash, right? But there, there's a lot of candid stuff of them playing in their living rooms. Uh, just talking about all these people and then the music and then just how... And at the end, um, the ending is what fucking destroyed me. And I'm not even going to talk about that. It, that's when I was just sitting there just like... <sighs> <laughs> but again, I with disassociating the emotional stuff away from it, it really is one of the, my favorite, easily one of my favorite music documentaries now for my wheelhouse with the movie Sleuth, which is rockumentaries, documentaries. Yeah. We're going to call them music documentaries. I watch, I don't watch just rockumentaries. I watch them on all types of music. I'm going to give you they're another all, one tonight. They're too. all really interesting. And this one has been my favorite one so far. Um, yeah, so watch it. You're an idiot. I don't care what kind of crap music you listen to, whatever it is, good music, bad music, whatever you listen to, you should really watch this, even if you don't like country. Or old-timey music like that. Cause it's old-timey. That's what the whole idea is. Because you'll learn a lot. And well, like, say what you will about that style of music. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of music you like. Johnny, Johnny Cash had, like, an enormous influence on music and American culture as a whole. Like, he's a fucking yeah. icon. You yeah. don't even have to like his music to have a lot of respect for and him. And Johnny Cash, you know, in this film, I've never seen Johnny Cash. And this is just something I pulled out of it. Johnny Cash talked about Maybell Carter... He's like, she is the greatest star I have ever worked with. He's like, the respect that Johnny Cash had for the right. Carter family, he could not, I mean, even in his old, he was, he was, he didn't die, he died not too long after he did this interview. And he was, you know, he was still, he was, you could tell he was weak, but he could express himself like that. He's like, that Maybell Carter is the biggest star, the biggest star I've ever, and he's like, I've worked with all of them. <laughs> he's like, I've, yeah i've worked yeah, with yeah. all of them and she is the big he, and the love that he had and the, even the family's like you know johnny he just adored all of us we didn't you know we just we didn't know why but he just right adored right us. so just watching a man that deep and we know how deep johnny cash's music is mm-hmm. and he's all over it but he kind of dances on you know he's kind of a part of the story he's not he isn't the story directly he's a part of the story which is what he should be because it's about the Carter family primarily, right? I can't say enough good things. It really blew my mind. I'll check and, this out. Yeah, it's so friggin' good. I mean, it just blew. Okay, let's move on. I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> no, it was really cry. good. It was really good, and I, I hate to. I'm sorry. I went probably way too long on that, but I right. really want people to watch that because I think it's super important. You know, not. And I like that music, but even if I didn't, and, I, and I've watched a handful of documentaries where I did it intentionally, where I was like. I don't like this kind of music, but I really should expose myself to it, you know. Just and I end up going, "Hey, this is pretty cool stuff." And yeah, you, you, yeah. Then you end up liking something, so you know you can't limit yourself. I don't think. Oh, I mean, that's yeah, one of the big goals of uh, documentaries as a whole. I would think, right, is to make you learn. Yeah, yeah get the word yeah. out, spread the word. So yeah, that's my suggested viewing for this week. I can't say enough good things about that so documentary. Sweet. Yeah, totally watch it, guys. All right, if. If you guys like, I have a suggestion yeah, this week. Yeah. Uh, I am, a, as a nerdy white guy, am pretty fond of j Japanese shit. So uh, recently I watched this movie from 2013 uh, called uh, Why Don't You Play in Hell about like these college kids who want to make the best Yakuza movie in the world and then they get involved with the actual Yakuza. Yakuza. <laughs> and it is one of the most ridiculous and entertaining and silly movies I've ever seen. It does, I mean, it's it's Japanese so it does a good job of... Being goofy. Yeah, being really ridiculous and like every all the characters are super over the top. 
yeah. but it also like has a fairly interesting story and a yeah. lot of weird yeah. and i love yakuza movies so it like does a lot of lampooning of traditional yakuza yeah. movie yeah. tropes yeah. so and on top of that there's like this whole framing of it since they're making a movie inside of the movie film buffs like it so uh, I don't want to go too much into it, but it is uh, a lot of fun. I would suggest to people who like movie shit and or just Japanese films. Cool. See, I've heard of that. I've just never seen it. Oh, it's really good. One I would like to people to stay away from, like the, avoid like the plague, if we could throw that out there, is fucking yoga hosers, dude. I finally saw that this dude, week. Dude, I have not seen it. Oh, I, my God. I put it off. And I watched that thing, and I love Kevin Smith. Me I too. I love that man. I, I would give him a big hug if I saw him right now. Even with my opinion of that abomination called Yoga Hosers. <laughs> it's bad. What the fuck happened here, man? I mean, I'm sorry. I was a little, I got a little emotional there. But Tusk, I mean, we've seen Tusk. I get Tusk. And I think the problem with Tusk is I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. But I do, I did notice like there, it was supposed to be a comedy. Well, the thing about it really Tusk, was. the thing about Tusk is that he did a really good job uh, making a satirical spin on movies like Silence of the Lambs and uh, body centipede, modification guess, horror yeah, yeah, and stuff centipede. like that. But uh, Yoga Hosers, it's just fucking well, stupid. Well, I mean, the movies, the movies are they're kind of connected in a small way. I mean, there's they are, girls, but Tusk, I, th- I what I think, I mean, Tusk got shit all over too. I mean, people hated that movie. Um, and I think the reason was just that he was trying to make a comedy. I mean, especially towards the end where they're running through the woods trying to find this house and they got the goofy music in the background and it just didn't click. I don't think the problem I have with Kevin Smith right now is Kevin Smith. I think he burned out early. He, he started with clerks and then, you know, chasing Strong. Amy Strong. in mall rats dogma. And then Brilliant. Dog, dogma was the height for him, Dogma is my favorite one. That's Dogma cheap. is a we got our daughter's name from Dogma, Bethany. Bethany. That's where we took her name Bethany. from because we both love that movie. She's but Kevin science. Smith, Kevin Smith has done this <laughs> regressive thing where he reached his plateau, yeah. and then he did Red State, which was a good movie. Yeah, it's a great movie, it. but it still stepped a big step down from Dogma. And then you no, go totally. Then you go from Red State down to Tusk, and then to Yoga Hosers. It's like he well, reached this plateau, and now he's steadily just on this decline. Yeah. In his defense, though, and we may have mentioned this previously on the show, I watched the bonus stuff on the Tusk DVD, and he talked about this idea what Tusk is. Have you seen? Have you seen Tusk? Haven't you? I have. I, okay. I just never got a hang of the tone of that movie. I yeah, never well, that's figure what I'm saying. Out if it was I, the movie was. Or not. It was. T- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, it it kind of flew over people's heads. It. It was supposed to be a comedy. Really, it was. I mean, a disturbing comedy. I could but see a comedy, that, but right? it didn't really come um, off that way. But Kevin Smith talked about that, and he, you know, obviously the movie was born from his podcast. That's right. where they thought yeah. the whole thing up at. And he said he's like, I know this movie is completely ridiculous. He's like, this idea is stupid. He's like, but I was, this is a real indulgence for me. I just wanted to see what it would look like. Like, what the hell would this ridiculous idea look like? And to me, I love that. I think that's really great for an artist to really indulge. And yeah, sure, it ain't going to be clerks. It's not going to be dogma. Right, we know it's never again. That's somebody trying to. Some well, those movies are. We so talked about a few minutes ago. We yeah. talked a few minutes ago about somebody who's trying to like compare, you know, their old work. Well, there's there's a guy who. Oh yeah. You know, he, look look at the pressure he's under all the time, and I think maybe that's what the problem is. And maybe and maybe that's the right thing. We of course I don't like yoga hosers. I'm not a huge fan of Tusk. I like it, but I'm not a huge fan. 
maybe that's what's going on here. This all makes sense to me. Kevin Smith might really understand the idea that I'll never make another Clerks. I'll never make another Chasing Amy. I'll never make another Dogma, right? So why don't I just fucking have fun? Well, and, uh, yeah, and these movies, okay, Yoga Horse just sucks. Okay, listen. It's bullshit. You can have fun. Have fun all you want, Kevin Smith, but don't have fun at the cost of your audience. Yeah, or. And that's, you are right. Yeah. And that's what Yoga Hosers is. Like, I watched that movie thinking, like, oh, this is pretty cool. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. His daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter. Yeah. And they're both really cute. They are. And, and they're, they're funny. Dolls. And they're they, they, they play off each other really well. There's great chemistry there. But the problem yeah, yeah. is the movie is regressive for Kevin Smith. It is such a step backwards. It really? It, there is yeah. no, there's no story. There's no story whatsoever. No, oh, it's... It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. They try to like write some ridiculous back. Yeah, pl- yeah. But it, it. I'm like, it just fell apart. It just was brittle. It yeah. just had no backbone to it. And so, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really am thinking. I really want to believe that that's maybe the the motivation here is, hey, I'm never gonna make another yeah movie like to those calibers again. They were, they were fucking happy accidents. I don't know, and that's what a lot of those are. Maybe that's the idea. But yeah, yoga hosers. I'm just sitting there. I was cooking while I was watching it, and I'm just sitting there chopping onions going, I'm not crying because of the onions, man. I'm <laughs> crying because of Kevin. You're, you're killing me here, brother. Stop it, man. It's well, terrible. I, yeah, I get it to some extent. Like, he doesn't want to be the giant Silent Bob guy his whole life, so he wants totally. to make other films, right? And that's totally valid, and he should fucking do that. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. It, the, I didn't see Yoga Hosers, though, but I just felt the whole time watching Tusk being like, this is someone who is just trying to do crazy stuff, and I hope... One of his next movies is better, so he can make up some goodwill with his fans. Honestly, yeah, because yeah. I'm a huge fan of him too yeah. for years and years. If I were Kevin Smith, and I don't want to rag on the guy because I love him to death too. He's I a love big, the man. He's a big fucking cuddly teddy bear. I have my brother took care of his dad in the hospital while his dad was dying. Oh God! And Kevin for Smith real? actually. Yeah, my brother worked at the Orlando Regional Medical Center. He still does. He's a flight nurse, trauma nurse, but. My brother had Kevin Smith's dad in the hospital there. Wow. And he met Kevin numerous wow. times. That's crazy. And Kevin was, they talked about movies. And my brother was like, my brother loves your movies. My brother got copies of Dogma. And um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back brought him to the hospital. Oh, that's so cool. He signed him for me. So I've got him yeah, out here. That's outstanding. Anyways, if that were me, he's an artist. He's done what he was going to do that was going to be great. Stop retire he loves comic book movies get into producing and writing and get out of making movies because all you're doing right now is trolling your audience yeah i would love him to see to see him just write stuff yeah because he's dialogue the dude knows what he's doing yeah and like that's one of the things that i hated about tusk was because all i love i loved his like subtle characterization and really fast-paced clever quippy kind of dialogue and it was totally out the door no my opinion it kind of went out the door after dogma because i don't pretty actively don't like Jane Silent Bob Strike Back but that you know that was the one that one got a little and that one got a little insane too yeah it got so far out oh there. They, I mean it was on the nose on purpose like he knew what he was doing but that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's still even a, a knowing and admitting that I still don't well, think and it's that, that, that and it was gruff but it was too it was polished at the same time oh yeah and that kind of bummed me out too all right, let's make move it, off this Kevin Smith shit. And sexy. Kevin Smith should direct a Star Wars movie. Kevin it, Smith should direct a Star Wars movie. With it, that, yeah. we're sagging into our topic nice, for tonight. Nice, 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 yeah. So we're going to be talking about the new Star Wars flick. What's, what's it called, this, Chris? It's called Rogue One. And so, I tell you what. Star Wars 2, Electric Boogaloo. Star Wars 3, Electric PP. <laughs> Rogue yeah. One, Rogue One. Um, 
and I'm going to do my best here because I have never pretended to be the, the hugest Star Wars fan. However, I do love the shit out of it, right? And what I yeah, and I from what I understand, and Justin, I'm this is going to be your wheelhouse. I mean, all right, I'm going to be leaning on you, and I'm going to be leaning well, on you also, Chris. Go ahead, we're going to say. Oh no, I uh, I'm a huge fan of I. Oh. So I purposely have not read a ton about Rogue One because I don't like spoiling stuff for myself. But I do. I am a huge big picture fan of all of Star Wars. So me too. Other than. I'm not a big fan of the prequels. Yeah. Well, I mean, as, as much as you can be a big fan of the prequels as adults, you know. Well, they, what they say, okay, I, I may have just, I just zoned out for, I apologize. I That's okay. Out. But what the, what I was, what I was, re, I did a little research today, and Rogue One is taking place in, in between, you said Revenge of the Sith, right? Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Yes. Yep. It's about stealing the Death Star plans that are at the beginning yeah, of New Hope. Yeah, exactly. So, what do I, I don't even need this shit. I'm just going to I just don't know that much outside of that. Well, um, let's see here before I start crumpling paper. Well, basically... <laughs> I know what... there's Space Forrest Whitaker. He's in space. <laughs> <laughs> there's Space Felicity Jones looking dirty yeah. and hot. Hot and dirty. Hot and dirty. I'm just like... I'm pretty excited about where they're going with Star Wars right now. There's a lot of people that have this outcry about, oh... They're gearing it all towards girls now. And, you know, it's all feminism and blah, 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 blah. I tell you what, the direction they went with The Force Awakens having a female lead in that movie was awesome. And I love everything about that movie. Yeah, it's a little bit too much like A New Hope, but it was smart because basically they remade A New Hope and introduced that galaxy to... A new generation of children. So oh, yeah. they got to experience all the themes and all the tone and everything from A New Hope just with updated special effects and a more modern story. Yeah. Yeah. They got to do the reboot without the groan test of like, oh, we're announcing we're rebooting this thing. They're like, no, we're extending this trilogy that or this whatever non illogy that it will eventually be what to, I- for, you know, new audiences or whatever. So all the people that loved it growing up can still like it, but they also were just like quickly in the background is like, yeah, actually, we're just rebooting it. Well, the, <laughs> the crazy thing is um, Creed, the Rocky yeah. sequel, did the same thing. Yeah, it was good. They they restarted the franchise and reinvigorated it for a younger audience just with updated themes and new characters. Yeah. Now, that's what I really liked about The Force Awakens was that our youngest daughter – had never seen any of the Star Wars movies. She had never experienced that. And then when we went into The Force Awakens, that was the first one she saw. So she was really excited, number one, that she gets to see a girl Mm -hmm. doing all these cool things in outer space. Yeah. And then, you know, BB-8 is supposedly female also. Oh, I didn't know that. So she enjoyed that. But it was really cool because she really got into the story the same way I did I was three when yeah. I saw the first Star Wars movie in the theaters. Yeah. I still remember that shit. I can still remember the first time I saw that movie, which is kind of crazy. But, I, I remember the first time I passed yeah. the Clawson uh, Theater, and I saw A New Hope. And that theater's not even there anymore. No, it's gone. Yep. It's gone. But I remember being, a, that's where my parents took me to see that. I remember the same thing. I mean, and that's I think that's what makes 
there's something about Star Wars. That's what it's like. You know, where was I when I saw Star Wars the first time? Because I think it the, it's that iconic of a film. They are. I remember right? not having been born for ten years before <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars came up. Yeah, I I think that's what makes it special, though. Is just that. And we, I mean, even I consider myself a novice on this stuff. It's still. I mean, I can sit down and watch any of those films over and over again. Oh yeah. They're, they're that good. I, I watch, still watch them relatively regularly. Yeah, yeah. So what I got here also is as far as Rogue One, and we kind of alluded to it, but I, I did pull a, bur- a, blur- a, burb, a blurb here. Burb. And in a nutshell, the story will be, we talked about the, the Death Star plans. The story more or less revolves around how these plans were stolen, kind of the idea of how they were stolen. So I guess we're going to be, you know, it's going to be a friggin' Smokey and the Bandit chase, more or less. I love the idea of a heist movie set in the... I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but well, like, the heist movie in my head in the Star Wars universe is bonkers, and I'm excited. What, everything I've read early on has said that this is going to be the Dirty Dozen in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. That's and that's what it looks like. This is an actual brutal war movie. I've actually read the ending of the movie. This is not going to be a happy movie. This movie is going to have, you know, some pretty sad twists and turns in it. And I also read <laughs> Sorry. that Darth Vader in this movie is the darkest and most evil he's been in any of the movies. Which <laughs> As he should be. As he should be. Well, I mean, it's, well, not, so it's not so far after the end of episode three, so he's, yeah. like, just, he hasn't been a robot person for all that long, yeah. so he's still so probably, he's pissy. yeah, real angry, you know? Well, yeah, that anger's still fresh, you know, right? The scars are still there. Yeah. So that all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I was really pumped to hear that, like, they actually brought James Earl Jones in and recorded some new VO for all that, so, like, it's, he's, it is real-ass Darth Vader in that movie, and I'm really pumped. Yeah. So... What are the thoughts, though? I mean, I'm excited, too. You can't not be excited. I was excited last year, right? Yeah, dude, I'm like... Even though I was cynical, and I'm excited this year, but I'm still cynical. I think that having... Being being a little bit cynical is smart going yeah. into these things, especially yeah. since it's so blown up. And like you mentioned earlier, it's got the hype machine behind it and the wheels are churning. I think the difference is going to be with this one. With The Force Awakens, we were getting our old characters back and we were being giving, given some of the old with the new. This is a brand new thing. Yeah, this is all There's new. only going to be a couple characters that are going to carry through, which is going to be Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin yeah. is going to be in this, but he'll probably be a minimal role. And Darth Vader. And I think C-3PO is going to make... Uh, yeah, and uh, the Star Wars nerds will know this. Uh, Mon Mothma is also oh, in it, yeah. the woman from Jedi. Yeah. 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 So I think going into this, I don't... I was a little cynical going into The Force Awakens, not knowing what to expect. Yeah. With this, I'm less cynical because I'm not too worried about them fucking up or messing up the chronology well, maybe, of the I story. Think this, the, 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 the mechanics of this story may be a little different, too, than The Force Awakens. I mean, we all were like, okay, this is really... Yeah. They played it really safe here, man. Yeah. You know, they did. They did. That's all right. Okay, fine. Uh, I would like... That's what I'm really hoping to see here is going to be something a little more fresh, I guess. You know, I'm not saying that The Force Awakens was not a... It was a great film, but I left there going... Well, 
kind of already seen that. Yeah. 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 Well, plus like so like the main the main series Star Wars movies kind of have this I mean they're serious but they have like the family fun time tone to them to some extent. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're not they're not hard sci-fi. They are, you know, like Fantasy. a good story in a sci-fi setting. Well, yeah, and they have to be accessible. I mean, so, I mean, and when you Disney see now. like the trailers for this, it has like a very dark tone and I think they're not they're going to be as Chris said like not afraid to get dark with like not only the characters actions like the tone, the whole thing. I loved I love love loved in the trailer. They use the old original um Death Star like alarm noise yeah. and they make it like really intense and scary the way they use it in there and it just like oh it was this weird mix of like fear and nostalgia that I that I love I'm yeah so, it's, it's going to be crazy so that is something that does excite me okay so I mean I have kind of done some little research but not on the mood of this thing right so and it's what I'm getting from you guys is that this is going to be a gruffer darker type yeah. of film Everything that I've read and even some of the early reviews I've read have said it's all been Star Wars, but up until now, there's yeah. not been an actual war movie, and that's what this is. This is action-based, but it's about them spies stealing plans to this ultimate weapon and how to destroy yeah. it and trying to deliver it into the hands of the rebels. Like, fucking shit. I would have <laughs> never thought. 40 years later, I would be sitting in a studio talking about what is happening with Star Wars and how cool yeah. They're, yeah. they're they're actually changing this property into something that I think maybe George Lucas was a little bit too limited in how he thought about it. He wanted to limit it to the Skywalker story, you know? That was yeah. that was his mindset was Skywalker, Skywalker, Skywalker. To finally get something that is not about Jedi's and is not about the Skywalker legacy or bloodline, I I couldn't be more enthused about it. To be honest with you, well, I mean, this this has had me thinking since since last year. Yeah, I mean the power that's wielded now with this, because um, really, if you look at the original Star Wars films, there are thousands of different takes you can pull out of that and write a story from oh yeah mm-hmm. and they did and that fascinates me yeah right yeah there was a huge expanded universe that I yeah got yeah thrown out the window and Disney that's Park. always fascinating <laughs> just pitched it all none of that ever <laughs> that 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 idea fascinates me because i mean yeah when you have a group of people that are so excited about something like star wars which we know there's a very large group of people that's very excited oh about. yeah these, I mean, the power that you wield as a person who is at the helm of this thing, who's been trusted to care for this story, I mean, the power and the pressure, right, mm-hmm. to deliver something that, because, well, who, I mean, I that, that's what I'm interested in, like, who made the decision to write Rogue One? Like, this is the story we're going to write. We're, this, this is how we're going to splinter off, and this is the next chapter we're going to add to this thing. Which, you know, it's not even a next chapter, technically speaking. It's it's 3.5. It's 3.5, right? Yeah. So who thought, I mean, that's where I'm like, you know, I guess I'm getting a little too nerdy here, but that's the stuff I like to think about is where did this decision come from? Why why did people think that this is the way to go? And that's not like a, like a mean question. It's just... I'm interested in why, you know. Well, I think why we know the number one reason is money. Oh, well, yeah. Um, the number two reason is it's Disney. 
Disney acquired Lucasfilm. And with Lucasfilm, they got Indiana Jones and Star Wars. So they're looking at, they wanted to put out a movie every year for six or seven years. And when they looked at the schedule, they said, okay, we want to do episode seven in 2015. And then we want to do episode eight in 2017 and episode nine in 2019. So then they looked at the schedule and said, we want to interject spinoff movies in between each of those because we want one every year. So that's how this happened. What can we do that's not part of the Skywalker tale? And okay, we never found out. How exactly did these plans get acquired by the spies? And we can expand on Vader in between movies. But that's my point is like, where did that? And we're not going to answer. It's just a fun question to think about for everybody out there listening too. I mean, why the Death Star plans? Why did we write? Why did we go? Why are we doing a story about the story of getting the Death Star plans? That's what really kind of gets me going, right? I think I could. Uh, well, I mean, clearly, I don't work for Disney. I don't work for Disney. Yeah. Um, well, there's a few things I, I think <laughs> I is do. part of that. I do. One, it's like um, so the very opening scene of the very first of anyone had ever seen Star Wars, yeah, was essentially Leia talking about stealing the plans. So, essentially, yeah. like, the first time any human being had interacted with Star Wars, it was about this ev- exact event. Yeah. So, so not seeing that ever per- uh, portrayed in a film, like, puts a kind of a gap there of something that's really monumentally important to the story, yeah. but never actually gets perceived by an audience. It sets uh, that up makes everything. Sense. That makes sense. And I think the other half of it is, like, and and maybe y'all who've been, you know, covering film stuff a little longer than me can, can, uh, can barge in, but... So, like, when you think about the the 70s and stuff, and when these films were originally made, like, the concept of the spinoff or, like, the Guy Den film from another series was, like, less of a big thing. Like, if you wanted to make three movies, it was, like, movie, movie two, movie three. And I don't really know if there was as many, like, oh, let's just do a non-numbered side story thing that set place in this universe. And, like, that is all over the place now. So but the is. combination of that and then the Marvel model of let's make movies every year, if you smush those two things together and then put Disney's money behind it and Disney's creative behind it, they're going to make movies forever. Well, and I do like the idea, you know, and I and I did print out, I'm looking at the actual list of all the films. And yeah, we're starting to get that. I mean, yeah, we're not, we're only eight films in here, right? Right. But you're starting to see, I mean, yeah, we already said 3.5. So you're getting this random peppering now in the actual chronological timeline of this universe that's being created, right? So I do kind of like that idea because you're, you know, because it's something you got, it's it's not something now, Star Wars is not something now, I think if you really want to be a part, you know, really be involved and really enjoy it, it's not something that's going to come that easy to you. This is going to take mm-hmm. some, not only some time, but it's going to take some thought and some research. And I mean, for any, I think that's part of the fun for me is like nerding out and going on wiki, wiki pages and Wikipedia. Or, yeah. Reading, you know, yeah. reading. Yeah. Getting the little details Getting about how did this happen. Things. I did it with Pacific Rim like a freaking maniac. I went, I, I read. Oh, there's every, tons of neat stuff about Pacific Rim. Yeah. I read that entire wiki pretty much. I learned about all the Jaegers you didn't know, all that crap. That point aside. That's part, I think, of the fun of getting into this. And that's just, and I mean, this was already immensely interesting back in the 70s, all right? <laughs> and, yeah, so, like, um, 
Yeah, that's just my idea to it. Is I think the, just, you know, just getting involved and having having to be challenged a little bit here. The entire story behind Star Wars is so amazingly interesting. The history behind Lucas trying to get the movie made, the original one, and like I watched a couple documentaries. Um, oh, what was the one I just watched? But anyways. In the documentary, they were talking about the friendship between like Francis Ford Coppola and Steven Spielberg and George Lucas and Scorsese and all of them. They were all like a tight knit group, like six or eight of these dudes that were making all these movies in the 70s. And, you know, we're getting the Godfather and we're getting Close Encounters and all these things. And then Lucas is like, well, I'm going to do my epic and it's going to be Star Wars. And people literally laughed at him like no dude nobody's interested in flash yeah, gordon we don't right want a now space opera a about a space fucking opera from a desert and he got the funding for it and but i don't it's eclipsed everything it's eclipsed everything star wars has eclipsed everything the movie that everybody laughed at has gone on to be four decades yeah. long of just this crazy story that this is not a film anymore these no. are not films. No, these are is. a lifestyle. It is like a cultural touch. This tone. is this is this yeah. is yeah. This is a lifestyle. This is some people's lives. Oh, right? it is. So don't don't feed me that shit. Yeah. <laughs> these well, bullshit movies, dude. What? And I you hear people like I've heard people. I don't like Star Wars. And I'm again. I am not. I'm a I'm a star I'm like I'm a more of a Star Trek guy. And I'm going to take shit for that, but it's no. Fine. I no. love Star Trek. Don't I, love, I love Star Trek Wars. And I don't know. I've heard people say, "Well, it's just a shit movie." I'm like, anybody that tells you you're, they you're don't, yeah. If somebody tells you they don't like Star Wars, they're you just don't saying like it, pizza. Yeah, they're just saying it to be that person. Yeah, you know, they yeah. want to be that divisive person. They want to be the person. How can you not? like star wars yeah. there's something it in there everything. for everybody and if you look at the movie the, the original movie is designed that way there's something in there for everybody there's a variance in species and it's supposed to speak for everybody you got a wookie you got the hot princess you got the space smuggler you got the kid from tatooine and then you got the fucking wizard yeah and then you got this little midget droid and you got the golden you know protocol droid there's <laughs> And then you got Lando Calrissian. Yeah. You know, seriously, fucking space pimp. How can you not <laughs> like Star Wars movies? No, you, you can't. I And I, I, just the way the films move, just the way they feel. I mean, you can get into all the technical stuff. I mean, as we, it goes without saying the special effects still hold up today. Oh, yeah. They, they hold, they, nothing, they look great. Everything looks fantastic. And I'd like to point out the importance of that movie's soundtrack and the next, I don't know, 40 years of movie soundtracks. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. But the, the big budget, big picture, like, symphonic soundtrack was not what it was before those films came out, and now that's all you have. And, like, I don't know if there yeah. would be the Hans Zimmer we have now if there was not 1970s John Williams. So. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I think that movie, yeah, you're right. And that not that was not the only... I think gate that that Star Wars crashed down. I mean, there was just so many things that Star Wars changed the game with. Uh, so yeah, and I, when I do, and I have heard it like ah, Star Wars, bunch of shit. I'm like, 
I mean, even, oh, and that's really. that's one of those frustrating attitudes that even if you don't like sci-fi or you don't like the story or whatever, you have to have some amount of respect for well, the importance yeah. of that series. Yeah. Not only to filmmaking, just to everything. Yeah, that, no, and that's, and I think that's the key to it right there is just that. You know, and if people would just phrase things different. You know, all you assholes out there, for me at least, <laughs> you just learn how to have some tact. Yeah. You don't have to like everything. I, I don't like everything. You shouldn't like everything. You shouldn't. That's what makes the world turn, right? But you got to have reasons, though. And, you know, and I think that you, what you just said, Justin, was just, that's the point. You know, not my thing. But, damn, it looks great. Yeah. That's really great stuff. Just not my thing. And I, I, say, I find myself saying that several times a week. There's a lot of stuff that I'm exposed to. I'm like, ah, not my thing. Yoga hosers is not my thing. And I did say, yeah, it sucks. It's terrible. It, it it's is not terrible. my thing. But I, but I, at least you know, a few minutes ago, I try. I did want to back that up by saying, maybe this is what he's thinking about. Though I've thought about this. I'm not just saying it's a piece of shit for saying it's a piece of shit's sake. Maybe Kevin just is done, and he just wants to make goofy stuff like this, yeah. right? I mean, I. So you gotta think about this stuff before you shit all over it. Well, here, <laughs> right? here is what I'm not really scared about, and I'm not even really worried about it. But the a Force wiener. Awakens, a wiener. The Force You're Awakens. Never scared of wieners. The Force Awakens has been, <laughs> you know, yeah. Force Awakens has been trolled by a lot of people. Oh yeah. But the reviews has still remained pretty high. Oh, yeah. You know, so you're somewhere around a seven or eight out of ten across the board. Okay, there's a lot of positivity attached to that movie. There's some negativity, but for the most part, the critical response to The Force Awakens is pretty good still. It's a great film. Now, what I'm wondering though is our perception of The Force Awakens going to change once Rogue One comes out, and if it's like a hundred times better are people going to really start to do the phantom menace thing and start to go ah the force awakens wasn't really that good rogue one is way better are they going to really start to shit on the force awakens well, even more that's a, i mean if they do that's a shitty attitude because it's like kind of a in, in addition to being kind of an apples and or, oranges yeah, argument say, because yeah. it's like totally different stories and one is like a main line and the other is like you know important to the story but it is not a quote-unquote numbered star right. wars movie but, yeah, I just don't... I, I hope not. I think, like, regardless... I think if you took all the other Star Wars movies away and made Episode Seven, it would still be a fantastic movie. I agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's. I hope it, that doesn't happen, but I could totally... Great... Knowing how the internet works, I could see that. Yeah. Well, and we're talking about Star Hive Wars Hive of here. scum and villainy. Let's be internet. realistic here. We're talking about Star Wars. You're going to have polarizing opinions no matter what you do. Absolutely. They could make an absolute masterpiece an absolute technical ooral audible visual masterpiece from a technical standpoint can you say oral and master in succession a couple more times okay i'll do that oral master Mm. chris is an oral master 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 Master. chris is a master (laughs) of oral yeah okay so anyways so you can make from a technical standpoint a perfect film, right? Um, of course, it's a technical standpoint, though, right? Um, it don't matter. I mean, it could be a perfectly sound film. It could be everything that could be there. They do all these Gallup polls. They do all all this testing and all this crap out there. I don't know. There's a name for it, too. I forgot it. There's You, know, you have people come and watch stuff. I don't know. But you could do all this shit and get all the boxes checked in. 
And you do all that, you put it together, you put it together. Okay, we did the perfect film. Technical standpoint, we did all the research. We were there. Focus we, tested the shit we out focus of Focus testing, thank you. Yeah. We did all this stuff. We have it there. It's there. This is going to be, we're going we're gonna to fucking roll over planet. We're going to be awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be the perfect movie. 100, across the board. It's going to be awesome. And then you put it out and, sure. Oh, man. Oh, I love this movie. It's fantastic. And then sure enough, here. Trolly McTroller. What saying. a piece of shit that was. It was <laughs> we know, right? Yeah. You I, it goes right back to saying you can't please everybody. And you think Disney don't know that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do well, you think Disney gives a shit? <laughs> they don't care. No. It's, it's going to be a good film. They know how to, I mean, and I know Star Wars versus like a Disney animated film is a little different thing, but they understand how to identify what an audience is and, and appeal to them. Yeah, like, we're, not, it's not, we're dealing with Disney. They it's understand just, that like if you try... So focus testing is important to like big businesses and stuff like that, but they understand the concept that if you focus test everything, if you try to make a movie for everyone, or I mean, I say this about games all the time because that's my primary yeah. medium, but like if you try to make a movie for everybody, you ultimately will make a movie for nobody because like it yeah. will never resonate with the, any right. sections of the audience when it resonates with no one. And that just like, I don't, I, I'm not in fear that they would do that to no. this franchise. I think, I think it just doesn't matter what they do. It's going to be a polarizing effect no matter what. That's my point. You, they can do everything right according to what's supposed to be right. You're still going to have people that are pissed. It's okay. That's all right. Yeah. That's what makes it interesting, too. Oh, yeah. And that's what would make interesting conversations about the film if people would take the time to do that, I think, also. Yeah. When you're talking about trolling and not. But all you're going to do is have people trolling, and they don't... Well, why don't you like the movie? What What didn't you like about the film? I'd like to... I'm, I'm, I have no dog. I have no skin in this race, dude. I mean, I'm not making any money off I this. I don't have stock in this company. But the, <laughs> the one little skin piece of skin that I do have is is intellectual intake. And, well, okay, you said it's a piece of shit. Well, why? Because I happen to really like it. I want to know what you didn't like about it, right? And maybe I might learn something from that. That's what you can get out of these things. That's tough to get people that talk like that, though, I think. And really and, you know, embrace a, a spirited debate. You know, a, a fun debate. And we have these a lot at my house when we're throwing a few back about movies and music. We get into this stuff, and it's it's really awesome. It's great. I mean, I highly recommend this to people. Is you, yeah, have a few drinks, listen to a record, or put a movie on it. Well, I hate that freaking thing. Well, why? What don't you like? Let's let's discuss this thing, right? I think that's a really... I, it's it, it it doesn't intellectually help. A lot out. of the times you get into those conversations, they have nothing to. They have really nothing to say other than I don't like it. Well, then, well that, why? That, well, that, I want to know. Well, why. there's your stripes. Then you just yeah. you just revealed them. Well, well I, and I guess that's what it is. Is that you're you know if you do that, well now you've let you know you've let the cat out of the bag, so to say, and you've just revealed that you're you're you have no basis for this. You're just being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's one of those like things we can have this conversation and you can say to me this movie's a piece of shit and I like I can understand that that is not like an objective quantification of the yeah. movie that you're just like, "Hey, I didn't like this and if we talk about it, I will tell you what I didn't like about it, but I for the sake of making entertaining content, I will say that this thing is a piece of shit." And yeah. there are a lot of people who like draw the line and be like, "You can't you can't objectively say on the internet this movie's bad because of this, this, and this, and this. Like, that's not what we're talking about. It, yeah. Nobody, we're not evaluating these things on, like, a purely technical, objective basis, and people just don't understand. And I, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 and I like hearing people say, I don't like this. But I also, I like even a lot more is when people say why they don't like it. Yes. Period. 
Why don't you like it? Tell me, because I want maybe because I really want to know. Maybe I'm not getting the point here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to learn something. Well, see, right? I remember that with the Force Awakens, the, the people that did say I didn't like it, and you'd say, "Well, why? Why didn't you like it?" And they would say, "Well, because it was too much like a New Hope. They took well, too many I, things I from a New a Hope." A mil- few minutes yeah. ago, too, I was kind of like, "What the fuck?" You but know? the the thing is, they again they were making that as a sequel, but at the t- same time that it was a sequel, it was a reboot and a remake that was going to introduce a younger audience, like I said earlier, and it worked. It worked yeah, yeah. in really, it really, really worked. Like I said, my kids got, my younger kids got into Star Wars because of that movie. So on that aspect, yeah. I can't really see much bad about it because if a kid can enjoy it and it's Star Wars, then you know what? Yeah, It's a good movie. If a kid can enjoy it, because that's what it's, who it's aimed at. Yeah. And, sh- you know, escapism is not a bad thing. No, nope. no. That's half the reason why a lot of films and games and art are created. They are. It's entertainment, man. That's all. That's all it is. Yeah. And I said that. I said the exact same thing earlier about uh, about the Force Awakens. Is yeah. I did walk away going because I've seen. I know. I know this story already. Yeah. Yeah, but again, I'll say it again. It was a great film. Well, yeah, and they it was did awesome. They did such a good job of doing that exact thing of appealing to a new generation of people while still like that still doing such brilliant. a good job of of tying in of tying in the people that grew up with it to the point where like there's a subset of people who are like, this is pandering to me. This is pandering to my my childhood love of yeah, Star Wars, and they're right. like offended by this like pandering. They're just yeah, like, well, my, they should have just made lawn. a new adventure in space to appeal to the kids i don't want i don't want to admit that i'm getting old so i don't want to admit that this film is like pandering to my old ideals and mm. i i just listened to two i read two different reviews from people who uh, said that exact thing and it made me really frustrated and see for me i'm of that older age bracket like i said i saw a new hope in the theater with my grandparents when i was three years old 77 you know and I saw Empire Strikes Back in 1980 and Return of the Jedi in 83. I saw them all opening night in the fucking theater. Fuck you. <laughs> but, you know, when we saw The Force Awakens last year, yeah, I saw it two nights back to back, the same way I'm going to do with Rogue One. And I loved that it kind of pandered to, you know my sense of nostalgia and it made me feel some of those things that I felt like when I was a kid, like when they first unveiled the millennium Falcon, like what a sense of like, Holy, Holy shit. Yeah, look at this beast no of way. a ship. It's, and they, oh, they did the perfect thing. They're making the piece of junk joke too. Yeah. Meme, meme. Yeah. It's just Park right now. Yeah, there were some th- like I didn't like the scene on um, the freighter with Han Solo with the, when the beasts got that like, got free. A little, that got that was kind of that was like oh let's make the movie ten minutes longer. Yeah, um, felt a little prequely. Yeah, but the entire time I watched that movie, I had that sense of holy shit, we're back in that galaxy far, far away. Yeah, and we're getting our characters back. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed we don't get Luke for a long time. But it all came back, and yeah. it's all going to build to another crescendo over the next couple movies. In Rogue One, I'm just like, I'm just so fucking, I'm like so excited. Like it's like Christmas Day tomorrow. Release date, release date is the 16th. Yeah, this Friday, I think. 
Yeah, um, I think you can see it as early as whatever seven yeah. on Thursday. Yeah, we're gonna see really? it again seven on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, are you guys Connor going serious? I'm seeing it at yeah. uh, ten on Thursday. I got something to do Thursday night. I'm screwed. Yeah, we already got our tickets. We got to. We already got our tickets. Well, oh I wasn't fucking around. I'm gonna probably go on Fridays. I'm gonna be off on Fridays, so I think I'll yeah. go just during the day, and maybe I'll take Amber. We'll have a nice, nice brunch. Does she like Star Wars? Does oh, Amber yeah, she like loves Star Wars? it. She yeah. loves it. Does yeah. she like brunch? She loves. Well, you don't know my fiance. She I don't loves brunch. <laughs> She's <laughs> into brunch and Star Wars. I think we could be friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll have a brunch and then we'll go to the go to a matinee. What do you guys think is the best Star Wars movie? I'm oh, just God. interested. Christmas special. The Christmas yeah. special. Have you seen the holiday Christmas special? I have not gotten through the whole thing. Okay. I actually bought a bootleg copy of the holiday Christmas special on VHS when I worked at Macomb Mall at Teasing Things when I was like 19 years old. Remember? I think Chris Jordan has a copy of it. It is so flipping bad. Yeah, it's terrible. It is what I don't even know how Lucas put his seal of approval on that to have that released. It was a cash cow they were trying to pull in on. That's all it was. The only good thing about it was there's an animated section where they were introduced to Boba Fett for the first oh, right time. Because yeah. the, the holiday special came out between A New Hope and yeah. The Empire Strikes Back. So they actually introduced Boba Fett. Yeah. In that special, so that was kind of cool. To answer your question, the Empire Strikes Back is that's, that's I've always leaned towards that one. That's always uh, for nostalgic purposes and just because it's a freaking intense film. <laughs> it is an intense film. Yeah. I would go Empire number one just because so many things take place yeah. in that movie. Everything really starts to unravel. Secrets are revealed. Yeah. yeah. Um. And you really see Luke Skywalker progressing. Oh, yeah. You know, you yeah. see the change in the character. Introduction to Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> Good food. Good food. Um, I would go with that one. And then probably Revenge of the Sith. Nature spread. That's Re- interesting. So I love Revenge of the Sith, and I'm always surprised Revenge to hear. Revenge of the Sith is fucking. So I know fantastic. a lot of people who really, really didn't. You like know, it. I'm with you on that. That's my number two, man. That, that's that's a heavy flick. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Jesse, the whole no, no, just the so like a when I was younger, like right when it came out, I was upset. Like that opening, the first like ten minutes in space of that movie was so mind blowingly impressive. When that game, yes, it still looks really good too. It does. All things considered, like for how I mean, it's not that it's old, but it's not certainly not a new. It's only film. about ten years, wait, eleven years old. Two thousand. Uh, two thousand five. Yeah, two thousand five. Eleven years, twelve years old now. Yeah. Roughly. Um, yeah, I, it, well, so I feel like everyone's it, his favorite is Empire because it's just such a good movie. It's yeah. just, it was, like you were saying, there's just so much that happens in that movie. It's just got so much to bite down on. It's so dense. Oh, yeah. Right? And I can honestly say that my second favorite is probably Force Awakens. Yeah. I really? have watched that movie dozens and dozens of times. I don't know. I really like Ray. I really like how much nonverbal characterization they do in that film. Just mm-hmm. like especially that whole introduction with Ray when there's a whole huge long swath where you learn so much about her and she says nothing. Yeah. Uh, and just I also kind of have an infatuation with uh, like another artist's remixed take on something that's really well respected. I, I like it in almost and which is kind of different than reboots to some extent in my head because I don't yeah, love. Yeah, yeah I like it when they're just like, okay, we have these archetypes and tropes that are associated with this film series. Like I, f- I feel like Force Awakens did a bunch of like, okay, we have this Luke, Leia, Han, R two kind of. Uh, 
different uh, archetypes that each of these characters are and we just split all these characters in half and switch them again switch did some gender swapping and some swipping up uh, like oh here poe is like half luke but also like half han solo because he's, yeah. he's mm-hmm. handsome and dashing but he's a he's an awesome pilot yeah or like ray is you know like part jedi but part you know gearhead yeah uh so like there's i don't know i i just really really like it revenge of the sith i think i like that so much because there's just so many great lines in that i mean me and my buddy used to just go back and forth on text oh yeah i yeah. have failed you luke i have failed you all right Anakin, only a sorry, sith Anakin. deals in absolutes Scott. Well, yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. Um, that that movie is full of really good dialogue and really bad dialogue. Buzz droids. Oh, it's, oh yeah, it's that a, is the, the worst. Buzz droid. That is the worst part of that intro sequence. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. Oh God, dude! It's like you you underestimated my power. Oh, dude! And, come on. Hey, yeah. This is physics, dude. Okay, I don't care how much of a badass Sith you are. This is physics. You're not going to win. He didn't get that. There it was, was just, his hubris. He the, thought he could do it. <laughs> yes. There was a lot of just goofiness in that film, but for some reason, it just it was a badass movie. It was just a badass flick. You know, and to see the, just to see that progression, I guess that that I, that's that's soul crushing to see that progression, but to see it, I guess, was really cool. The thing I always really liked about Revenge of the Sith is the fact that it looks so much like Return of the Jedi. Lighting-wise, the sets really are seamless with the rest of the movies, whereas The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, they looked like Star Wars, but they didn't really nail it like Revenge of the Sith did. Plus, we lost a lot of the bullshit that the Phantom Menace had in it. There wasn't any of the kitty bullshit, and we lost a lot of the like bad looking creature design. That yeah, they had well, and in those films were, were set in so many different locations yeah. too, and there was just so many scenes changing. It was an adventure film. I mean, oh really, yeah, they're traveling they're to like traveling six, eight different planets. Yeah, yeah right. Movie. Whereas, yeah, yeah uh, Revenge of the Sith, it's. It really is compartmentalized. It's it's centralized. It's indoors a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and the and the when you're outdoors, it's like you know, it's it's dark, you know, it's dirty. It's kind of there's just a lot of it's a darker film. Obviously, it's supposed to be a dark. Well, film. Yeah. It's supposed to be dark, uh, and I think that's what makes it. Yeah, it does have that same feel. Right. Well, because like you know that at the start of that movie, that by the end of that movie, something has to happen to uh, Anakin and all of the Jedi and uh, Obi Wan and Yoda and like shit. You knew shit was gonna have to come yeah. down. Yeah, and that that was just the thing I hard hate, to watch. The thing I hate about Revenge of the Sith, and it's the only one real problem I have with it, is the lava scene looks really bad when they're fighting. Now that does not hold up at all. But the death of Padme just makes no sense. You're breaking my heart, well, Anakin. Uh, and then yeah. she she dies from a broken heart. She doesn't die from like internal bleeding. She doesn't die from her skull getting bashed in. She doesn't get sliced open by a lightsaber. She literally dies from a broken heart. You don't think people die from a broken they don't die from a broken heart? Well, I guess you can, but you just don't understand what love is, Chris. <laughs> It came on so fast, though. I mean, it's not... Well, I have a bigger picture problem just with Padme as a character. All of Attack of uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge, she's just an awful, awful character. Like, they take... They, like, ran... Like, especially in Attack of the Clones, like, in the middle of that film, they ran, when they get captured, they randomly... It's like, oh, all of a sudden, she can do badass backflips and pick locks and, and yeah. break out and fight all these beasts, and then she immediately goes back to totally helpless, worthless idiot, like... 
<laughs> sh- people shit on her female character. And she, it's just like one of those, like, doesn't pass the Bechtel test. People always do, like, there are a lot of people on the internet who speak really highly of Padme and be like, oh, yeah, girl, she's an awesome, badass female character. And be like, no, she's not. She's a terrible. Ugh, so frustrating. With my time, I and, think. Yeah, and yes. And then she yeah. gets too sad and then dies because she is too sad. Right. To I mean, seriously. I was a broken heart, guys. Come on. And also, yeah. Never mind. I could talk about. You just Padme don't understand what love is. Well, it, I just that was the one thing. I just was like, yeah, I get it. What? Wait, no, wait. We have we have the force. We have the force, but she dies of a broken heart. Bring this bitch back. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, dude. Only dark Jedi do that. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say the same thing. No, only a Sith deals in bringing people back from the yeah. dead. Yeah, the Force Awakens would be my third choice, though. In succession, there. Um, Return of the Jedi, I can kind of take it. Return or of the Jedi it. would be my third. So that was my childhood favorite one. I used to watch that like every week for probably years. That was the what, Return of the Jedi was just like when that came out. You talk about a hype machine. Oh yeah. Do you remember when we were kids, Chris? We both remember. We were the same age. I mean, that you didn't get much bigger. Well, and I mean, the first, everything was initially pressed with Revenge of the Jedi on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So there were posters, T-shirts. I have a T-shirt somewhere that says Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah, I've yeah. got a patch that says Revenge of the Jedi on it Dude. because I joined the Revenge of the Jedi fan club. And then, like, it was four weeks before the movie came out. Lucas was like, four or five weeks before, Lucas was like, Revenge doesn't sound like something a Jedi would do. So we're changing it to Return, Return of the Jedi. That was so huge. I mean, I know my parents took oh, me, like, yeah. opening night. I had to go, you know. Yep. They, I was so freaked out about that. I can't remember being more excited about something. I mean, that was I shouldn't say it like that. That was just one of those things in my childhood that I remember vividly. I was so, so, so excited about it. I was to go see Return of the Jedi. Yep. Um, and I think that's why, yeah, it would probably be my number three, but just based on the, again, nostalgic type things, right? Uh, heavy as hell. Heavy flick. I mean. Uh, Other than the Ewoks destroying the Empire. The and I think alone. that's why Maybe I liked Ewoks it, because it was like, it, it had a lot of serious shit going on. You with, saw Ewoks with, die. Oh, yeah. yeah. and then But it still had a happy ending, and there were still cute bears in it. So it was like, oh, look, it appeals to my seven-year-old self but they and killed also Ewoks. my person who wants to be an adult. That's well, one thing I, that what stuck out to me. I, I'm saying oh, yeah. that again. They were they, there was a lot of cuts you saw where Ewoks were dying. And yeah, it's like, I had to look away. Oh my god, they're killing these cute little furry. Well, things. you know what the initial story behind that was. What is that? What they did in Revenge of the Sith with the battle on Kashyyyk. Mm-hmm. That was supposed that was to supposed be supposed to be Kashyyyk. That was supposed in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. They were supposed to go to the Wookiee planet of Kashyyyk, but at the time it was outside the bounds of the budget. And being able to create that many Wookiee costumes, they realistically couldn't do it. Okay. So they went, oh, well, Care Bears instead. <laughs> wow. I, Ewok, I'm sorry. Ewoks bother the shit out of me. They just Boy, do. They're cute. It was just, Lucas has a thing for little kids, about, not like that, but he he wants to make little kids happy. He creates these movies for kids. And then that even being a kid seeing that it was like this is just kind of way too cute cute and cuddly now but whatever it's still return of the jedi it's a good movie it's just not my favorite i think you were touched by an ewok we were we were all touched by the his grubby little furry paws little furry paws just rubbed himself all over your little body (laughs) i diddled an ewok (laughs) 
Scott, so think you you had you. Had, I, I I ran that one in the ground. Sorry. I take credit for that one. Go ahead. Justin. You think uh, think about that feeling you had going in, like the way you were just talking about going in to see uh, Re- Revenge, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, and like being and being relatively young and yeah. just like pumped and not knowing what was going to happen, and it just yeah. So I, can you picture like having and it, it it'll be a little different, but like having that feeling of your childhood excitement for this movie, and that was me with phantom menace and then like that's what had to be my like childhood star no and that's hey and that's you know what that's awesome that no you and that's, and that's that like a cool thing because like yeah. when i was young i loved that movie the first time i saw it because i didn't really know any better and then it was one of those things where like oh yeah this pod racing is cool they got a little kid who's gonna be a jedi what the hell's gonna go on yeah and, and then like actually yeah and then you it was like it. it was just interesting because i have grown out of that and i have not grown out of the original trilogy at all like i will still watch those movies no you, well yeah hat. you can't i mean and i think there's something he said i mean i it isn't it isn't a matter of get off my lawn or anything like no that. I, I agree the original trilogy they're timeless we've we've talked for the last 45 minutes about these yeah. those films and they hold up that and that's my biggest thing i'll always say is they hold the hell up of mm-hmm. anything you watch now, right? And I'll be willing to put money on that 20 years from now, that they'll hold oh, yeah. up just as good. They were that forward-thinking. They were incredible. They, they, I shouldn't say they were. They are incredible films. Going right? back to the prequels really quick, though, yeah. I yeah. want to get this out before. I know we're getting kind of long here. Um, yeah, I'm getting a little tired, so let's, let's, yeah. fucking, let's back off here. I've had a theory since, of old men. since the prequel trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Since the prequel trilogy was released, I've had a theory of yeah. how Lucas should have done those movies. That prequel trilogy should have been episode one and two should have been condensed into one movie. We should have gotten some childhood Anakin and then some teenage Anakin. Okay? Two, two is ridiculous. And then two episode was, two, two, Attack of the Clones, fluff. Attack of the Clones should never yeah. have been done. Yeah, it was episode, pure fluff, dude. Episode two should have been this revenge of the Sith episode two should have been the turn of Darth Vader. And then episode three should have been the galactic takeover. Yeah. Like the founding of the, what we know as the empire that I could see that. Yeah. It was just something that came to me a few years ago. Like, Oh my gosh, if he would have just not done attack of the clones and had condensed, you know, the growth of Anakin from a boy to a teenager in that episode one, I think that prequel trilogy would be looked at a whole different way. That's a really interesting point. Well, that's You're also right. like the basis. Are you familiar with the machete order concept? Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. the whole basis of the machete order thing was that like, oh, yo, you there are like parts of the first and second episode you don't ever need to see. So they're just like, okay, let's just not watch episode one because outside of the introduction of Padme and right. Anakin, nothing else that happens in that movie matters. So yeah, like yeah. if they just found a way to chop those stories up a little differently and then put something between, uh, yeah, yeah. two and th- uh, three and four. I think there's a lot. I I've always said part two to this day, to me, Attack of the Clones has always been. Oh like, yeah, it was, um, it's a hard watch. It's a hard watch. I, I yeah. It's almost <laughs> like he went. Say, he that. tried to do a little bit too much, like Flash Gordon swashbuckling. Well, yeah, it was just you know the whole the romance aspect, thing. the whole romance. There was just a lot of that, and I'm like, no, dude, I'm done. I just. Don't. I don't want to bash him though. They no. still they're still decent movies. The, I don't want to be yeah, a prequel I mean, basher. Oh, yeah, bad, bad Star Wars is good Star Wars. Yeah, I so mean, it, you're not gonna get. I mean, 
at its worst, it's still some better than anything out there, really. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, it's, we might shit on a couple things here, but it's still coming from a place of love, I think, uh, for these films that we'll always have. So that's that's something people should understand. And it's not like like if you did the once over on the Attack of the Clones, like one more once over on the Attack of the Clones script, and then told Hayden Christensen to be a better actor, that movie would be totally fine. It just yeah. for me, there's like a bunch of really bad dialogue in that movie. Oh, it's a shit. And Hayden Christensen just did not. I don't know. I thought he was better in in Revenge. He definitely like upped his game a little bit. Okay, with, working with bad dialogue. But. Even then, I think there was still in uh, in that. In this, oh my God, I'm really tired. It's uh, okay. There's still a lot of dialogue there where I was like, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It kind of was just bumming me out. So. Well, before we end this show, yeah, I wanted yeah. to say this in defense of Hayden Christensen. His acting was wooden Revenge in those movies, Sith. but right after he did Revenge of the Sith, he did another movie called Shattered Glass where he you plays said, you a journalist. This. Yeah. His acting in that movie is phenomenal. It borders on Oscar-worthy, so don't wow. take it as if we're bashing on Hayden no. Christensen either. The guy is a well, great actor, just, and it's really sad what's happened to his career because of Star Wars. He doesn't get work anymore because of it. Yeah, and it, in a lot of ways really wasn't his fault. Like, he didn't write the with, words. Same thing with Jake Lloyd. Stopped yeah. getting roles because of The Phantom Menace. He was actually a thriving young actor and mm-hmm. never got anything. Got a couple roles after that, but his career was basically destroyed, and now he's in a mental hospital. So, with that, Hayden Christensen, we love you. This is Chris with the MovieSlip.com. We'd love to hang out with you, seeing that you have some time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's just bad. You're throwing shade there. Like he's the last gonna minute. fucking hear this. All right. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Check us out. I'm gonna send this to Hayden Christensen. Yeah, you better. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet phone. it to him directly. <laughs> I'm gonna Dude. get a text on my phone. Hey, this I talked Hayden about Christian. you on this show. This he's is gonna. Hayden, f- I'm gonna kick your ass. He's gonna force choke you via the internet. If you do read this, Hayden <laughs> Christensen, you're great. I'm sorry, I was hating on. I like. I like the guy too. Don't beat me up, please. This is Chris with TheMovieSleuth.com. Find us at www.TheMovieSleuth.com, realcrime.podbean.com. Questions, comments, or concerns, write me at Chris at SpoilerFreeMovieSleuth.com. With that, may the force be with ya. Or stop. Stop. <laughs> Visit us at www.TheMovieSleuth.com. And find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.